Good morning, everyone. My name's David. Good to be with you. Good to be with you as well, live streamers. Uh, let's pray as we come to look at this word together. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. Uh, we pray, Father, that you would open our eyes uh, to see your glory uh, in this word uh, as it is read and preached. Father, we pray that uh, we would see Jesus, our Saviour, uh, we'd see ourselves as sinners. Uh, Lord, that you would turn us uh, from sin to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we pray you would come do this work in us by the power of your Holy Spirit and for the sake of your name. Amen. Well, what about uh, that, that great little um, line that Peter read just at the end of that passage? It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick uh, one of those great everyday analogies that, that Jesus liked to use. And, and isn't it so true? Uh, it is not the healthy who need a doctor. Uh, people don't need, need doctors when they're healthy. Uh, they're not thinking about doctors. Right? Who needs a doctor when you're healthy? Right? You are just frolicking in the meadow, carefree, just having a great time, not thinking about doctors. But when you're sick, different story. Uh, you're asking all your friends if they know a good doctor. You're looking for the, the best specialist. You're Googling everything. Uh, and then when you find them, you'll, you'll drive for hours to see them. Right? You'll sit in the waiting room for an hour just to get 15 minutes with a doctor. Right? So different when you're sick. But of course, Jesus is using the everyday analogies to point to the spiritual realities uh, that are more important. And so he says this after. He says, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. And the point he's making here is uh, that the righteous think they are healthy, they have no need for the doctor, uh, but the sick are the sinners uh, who know their need. Right? And the thing we need to understand about this is that there's no such thing as a healthy, righteous person. Right? There are only six sinners in these verses. Right, if you know the book of Romans, you'll know that Paul summarises the Old Testament teaching on this uh, when he says, none is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. Not even one. So the spiritual reality is that we are all, all of us, sick sinners only some people know it and some people don't. I remember a preacher telling a story about this once. Um, he said he was experiencing some back pain, so he went to the doctors, of course, to get himself checked out. doctor said, all seems pretty well, you know, your, your blood pressure's good, your weight's all right, uh, but let's do a treadmill test just to check everything's all right. And he didn't do well on the treadmill, on the running, you know. He didn't do very well. So he said, okay, let's do, a, let's do an angiogram. We'll have a look at your heart and, and see what's going on in there. Anyway, the results came back. Main left artery, 98% blocked. Main right artery, 99% blocked. Uh, this guy was a walking time bomb in his 30s. He didn't, didn't know it. Uh, but very thankful that the, the surgeons, the doctors could help him and, and he was okay. But, but what a dangerous place to be, right? To think that all is well when all is not well. Right? This is true for so many people. I'm not talking about physically, but I'm talking about spiritually. 
Uh, Many people think that all is well between them and God when all is not well. And so Jesus is speaking to us, uh, to those people, and Luke is writing for us, so we would not be those people. But that we will be people who are certain of our sickness, but also certain of the forgiveness that comes through Jesus, so we would come to him and find that forgiveness. Now, that is what Luke wants us to be certain of. It's, it's where Jesus is pointing us today. And so we're going to see that. We're going to, we're going to weave our way through some of these episodes and these people. Uh, and we're going to see this, that Jesus exposes our sinfulness. And Jesus has authority to forgive our sins and that Jesus came for sinners. And so let's have a look through this. So firstly, Jesus exposes our sinfulness. Uh, so uh, we saw last week, if you remember last week, we saw why did, why did Jesus come? Well, he came to proclaim good news. That was most important to him, more than healing everyone. He came to proclaim good news. And he's preaching with such authority and power that people are just flocking to see him. Huge crowds coming to see Jesus. Right? They didn't have those guys in like the yellow vests, you know, security, keeping people away from Jesus back in the day. So he was getting swamped. And so what he does here is he, he turns a boat into a pulpit so he can get away from the crowds and just be able to preach to them. So he's in the boat preaching as we begin this episode. But what Luke wants us to focus on here is not what he's teaching, but what happens after. So have a look at verse 4 to 5. If you've got your Bibles there, Luke chapter 5, and we'll start at verse 4 and 5 here. So when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. So picture that, you know, Peter, the kind of the grisly fisherman uh, who's been working hard all through the night, caught nothing, just had to sit through a sermon, by the way, as well. Then the carpenter turned preacher says, let's go fishing. Okay, what would you be thinking? There's no fish, there's no biting. But Peter knows Jesus well enough at this stage to know it's good to do what Jesus says. So he goes out fishing, lets down the nets, and they don't just catch some fish. The nets are breaking. Two boats are full of fish. Right? Peter sees this, and this is the point of this episode, what what Peter does here. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. What had happened here to Peter? Uh, This work of Jesus had opened his eyes to the divine glory of Jesus. Uh, Peter knew he was in the presence of a godly one. And in his presence, Peter saw his own sinfulness. He had that self-realisation in the presence of God that he was a sinner. But the same thing, you might remember the same thing happening to Isaiah. Um, uh, you know, hundreds of years before, when Isaiah had the same situation, when he saw the Lord in a vision, this is what he said, Isaiah 6, verse 5. Isaiah said, Woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. You see, God's, God's holiness does this to people. It's kind of like a, like a blue light for mess. You know those blue lights? Uh, we had a COVID, we got that COVID test where they give you the torch with the blue light. Anyone got one of those ones? Pretty special. 
Uh, it sort of lights up whether you got COVID or not. Uh, but anyway, Zoe decided to turn it on the, the floor, right? Um, and so we have these beautiful, clean, white tiles. They're just pristine, uh, but not when you put a blue light on them. <laughs> so Zoe was on the ground showing us all the mess and all the dirt. And, right, and, and that's, that's kind of what happens uh, when we're in the presence of God. Right? We might think we, we are perfectly clean and holy and good when we compare ourselves to others, but in the presence of God and his holiness, it is like this blue light showing up our sin. Right? That's what happened to Peter when he's in the presence of Jesus. And so, and so what does Peter say to Jesus? He says, he says this in verse 8. He says, Go away from me, Lord. Because Peter knows what happens to sinners in the presence of God. They don't survive. They die. So he says, go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. But look at Jesus' response. Right? Jesus says to him, don't be afraid. From now on you'll fish for people. It's an amazing response. Right? Jesus doesn't say, no, no, Peter, don't be so hard on yourself. You're a good guy. You've got a good heart, Peter. No, he doesn't correct him. In a sense, he's saying, you're right to be afraid. You should, you should be afraid. But don't be afraid. And, and why can he say that? Why can he say, don't be afraid? Instead, come with me and, and let's fish for people. Well, how is that possible? I think Psalm 130, we read out as well, gives us, gives us an insight into what is going on here in this, in this interaction. So Psalm 130 said this to us. It said, if you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? Right, the answer is no one. But with you there is forgiveness so that we can, with reverence, serve you. Right, that's what's going on here. Jesus, There's some forgiveness going on here between Jesus and Peter so he can serve him. But it really brings up the question, uh, does Jesus, does he have that authority to do that? Does Jesus have authority to forgive our sins? And, and of course, that's where we go into in the next episode that we're going to look at this morning, where we see that Jesus, in fact, does have authority to forgive us. And so this is probably my favourite story in the Gospels. I don't know if you have a favourite story. I like this one. Um, Jesus is teaching again, and he's in a house, and the crowds, of course, are, are flocking to him, standing room only. It's packed. Uh, he's so famous, even the Pharisees have come from Jerusalem to see Jesus, see what he's, see what he's saying. Uh, this is the first mention of Pharisees in Luke's Gospel. Uh, Pharisees are those uh, Jews who are just zealous for God's law. They, they, they love people to obey God's law. I, I thought it's helpful to think about them like today. They're kind of like the, the keyboard warriors on the internet. I don't know if you know these people. Uh, they are there to correct all the ignorant people out there. That is their job. Okay. If you say something wrong, they will tell you about it. All right. So the Pharisees, they've come now to check on what Jesus is saying. What is he teaching? Right, but again, Luke's focus here is not on the teaching, but on actually something that's happening outside the house. So outside the house, some men are carrying a paralysed man, trying to come in and see Jesus. They can't, of course, because of the crowd. So they decide to go up onto the roof. Uh, flat roofs back in the day, probably some stairs or a ladder to get up there. And they dig their way through like the mud brick roof. And so you can imagine there's, there's dirt falling all over Jesus, like he's trying to preach. It's very distracting, by the way. Uh, but then all of a sudden, the, the, the paralyzed man gets lowered down 
And, and we read in verse 19, he is lowered right in front of Jesus. And so we're waiting to see, what, what's Jesus going to do? And he does the most surprising thing. He says, friend, your sins are forgiven. And imagine people there sort of thinking, um, Jesus, you, you missed the point here. Uh, can you see that he's paralyzed? He, he needs to get his legs fixed. And Jesus is like, kind of going, I, I, I can see the problem. The problem is not his legs. Uh, the problem is his unforgiven sin. Right? That is a million times worse than being paralyzed, having unforgiven sin. Right? Paralysis means, yeah, you can't stand in this life, this, this short life. But unforgiven sin means you cannot stand before God in eternity. That is a much bigger problem for people. So Jesus sees the greater problem. Jesus fixes the problem. He forgives his sin. Now remember, the Pharisees are there. Right? They're, they're cracking their knuckles. Okay, They're getting ready on the keyboard. They're ready to, to, to tell Jesus why he's wrong. And they say, blasphemy. Blasphemy. Oh, that, is, that is the worst offence against God that you can do. Okay, you, you might as well spit in the face of God. Right, you deserve death for blasphemy. Because they think only God can forgive sin. And here is Jesus, you know, the carpenter from Nazareth, forgiving someone's sin. He can't do that. So you know, Jesus, our Lord, he knows what people are thinking. Uh, and so he, he wants to ask a question to them and, and to us as well to think about. Uh, he asks this question, which is easier? To say, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up and walk? So on the one hand, to say to someone, your sins are forgiven, is quite easy because it's, it's invisible. We don't know if that's really happened or not. Uh, but to say to a paralysed man, get up and walk, that's hard. That's a very hard thing to do. And as I was sort of working through this text this week, uh, I really noticed the tension here. Because I think you're meant to be thinking, Jesus is not going to say to the paralysed man, get up and walk, is he? Like he's just hinted that that's what he's going to do. He's not really going to do that, is he? And, and the answer is, he, he is going to do that. Right? But before he does that, he wants people to know why he's doing it. And so here's the point of this episode, Luke chapter 5, verse 24. Uh, Jesus says, I want you to know that the Son of Man, which is Jesus' name for himself, I want you to know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. You know, Lucas set out with his purpose, uh, writing this gospel, for people to be certain about Jesus. Right? And it's not just Luke that wants to be certain about Jesus. Jesus wants people to be certain about who he is and what he has come to do. Uh, Jesus wants people here to be certain. He has authority to forgive sins. He has that authority. Right, so that then leads us to the final question, uh, which is, who needs this forgiveness from Jesus? And we see in this final one that Jesus came for sinners. Uh, so after this, Jesus then goes out and he sees a tax collector, Levi, sitting in his tax booth. And tax collectors, uh, you need to know, they were despised by the Jews. Right? Because these guys, they, they were working for Rome. They were working for the enemies. 
and they were actually taxing their own people. And, and not just that, they'd, they'd sort of take a little bit extra for themselves, you know, so they could kind of buy the, you know, brand name sandals in the day, you know, uh, look really nice. And so they were despised. But when Jesus sees Levi, he doesn't despise him. He says to him, follow me. Right, Levi gets up, leaves everything behind, follows Jesus. Levi is now a disciple of Jesus. He throws a party. That He's that happy about this. Throws a party for Jesus. And, of course, the Pharisees, they're still tagging along. They've still got problems. They want to, they want to talk to Jesus. And so they say in verse 30, they say, why do you eat, with, eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Because in their mind... Right, to associate with the sinners was to make, make yourself a sinner. So they didn't do that. They didn't, they didn't go near those people because they were the righteous ones. So they didn't do that. But how does Jesus respond? Well, that's what we saw at the start. Jesus says, verse 31, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So remember, no such thing as a righteous person. We're all sinners. The difference is some people know it, others don't. The Pharisees do not know it. They think all is well. they actually what you might call the self-righteous. They have a righteousness of their own, depending on themselves. But they are actually sinners. But there's others like Peter, like the paralyzed man, like Levi, uh, these are those who know that they are sinners. Right, but that is good news because Jesus came for sinners. Jesus came to call sinners to repentance. Uh, he came to say to those who know that they are sinners, turn from your sin, come to me, Re- repent, come to me for forgiveness. Right, this is what Jesus came to do. And what I love about the Gospels is you get to see Jesus' heart for sinners in the gospel. You can see his compassion, his love, the lengths that he will go to to save sinners. Uh, now, it's Father's Day. I thought I'd chuck in a little Father's Day illustration. Uh, fathers, you know, good fathers love their children, uh, especially when they get sick. You see it when a child gets sick. Uh, fathers, good fathers, will do anything to make their child better. They will go anywhere, see any doctor, pay anything, just do whatever it takes until their child is better. And that is the heart we see in the Lord Jesus Christ in the Gospels, that he came for sinners, that he would do anything to save sick sinners. And where did it take him? It took him all the way to the cross. He paid the ultimate price. He took the sin of his people upon himself. He suffered under the agonising, spiritually painful wrath of God until it was finished, dying the death that we deserved so sinners could be saved. That is what Jesus came to do. And so if you're a sinner, that is good news because Jesus came for you. Jesus came so you could be forgiven. Jesus has authority to forgive you. So if you turn, if you come to him, you can be forgiven of your sin. That is good news. So how should we respond to the things we've heard this morning um, in in the scriptures? I've got a few things for us to think about. Um, I think the first thing that we need to do is need to see see our sin. You need to see your sin, I need to see my sin. 
Now, but, but here's the thing, and here's the trouble you're going to have doing this. Right? You, your sin actually makes it hard for you to see your sin. Okay? Um, just think about that for a second. Um, I, I heard Martin Lloyd-Jones uh, talk about this. I didn't hear him, but I read about it. Um, he was a doctor. If you, if you know Martin Lloyd-Jones, he was a doctor who turned preacher. Uh, and he, he said that sin is like a disease where one of the symptoms is you feel healthy. Imagine a disease like that, where, where you fe- it makes you feel healthy, but really you're, you're decaying and dying inside. That's what sin is like. Right? We, we don't feel the sickness of sin because of sin. It made me think of like a, a leech. If you had a leech get on your ankle when you're going for a bushwalk, uh, you, you'll know the leech uh, numbs you, so you don't feel its bite. And it just sits there sucking your blood out of you. Sin, sin is like that. We don't feel it, but it's killing us. And so how do we see our sin? Well, we need the Bible to show us. We need, we need God to show us our sin. Right? We need that, that light of God's glory and holiness that we read in his word so we can see ourselves in that light, so we can see our sinfulness. And, and when you do that, you, you know, you might be like Peter, you might be like Isaiah, you might think, oh, woe is me, I am a sinful man. And that's a, that is a good thing. It's good to go there. It's good to see yourself as a sinner. But we don't stay there. Go there, don't stay there. When we see ourselves, when we see our sin, the next thing we should do is we should, we should see our saviour. That should turn us to our saviour. Right, so we must, we must always see Jesus, right, who who died for our sin, who has authority to forgive our sin. And when we see our sin, we turn to him and we know that he will forgive us. Right? We, we repent, right? We, we turn from sin to come to him for forgiveness. And look, I know uh, many of you have done that. That's awesome. That's, that's so good. Don't think that was a small thing. That was a massive thing. If that's you, right, you should feel like the paralyzed man. Right? You should go home praising God if that is you. But also know there might be some among us who who have not done that. Um, You might sort of think all is well between me and God, when really maybe all is not well between you and God. And the thing you need to do is, is just know it's not too late that you can repent, you can turn to Jesus and he will forgive you. And you need to know that when you do that, there will be rejoicing in heaven. Right, Luke chapter 15, verse 7. Uh, we have this verse stuck on our stairwell, so I see it every day, which is why I'll share it. So Jesus said this, he said, There'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. All right, so repent uh, and rejoice in the forgiveness of sins. The angels in heaven rejoice with you. And then finally, uh, you, you see your sin, uh, you see your saviour. Uh, the third thing is, is for those who, who have done this, for Christians, right? Maybe you've repented a long time ago. Um, the thing for us to remember is we need to never forget our need for Jesus. Uh, what made me think of this is I, I hear people sometimes saying, I'm not growing as a Christian. Maybe you've heard that. People go, oh, I'm not growing as a Christian. Well, I think maybe the big reason that we don't grow is because we stop seeing our sin right we, we instead we sort of measure ourselves against other people and what they're doing so i think yeah i'm doing pretty good i'm, I'm pretty clean 
Uh, and we do that instead of measuring ourselves against the word of God. Right, so we stop seeing our sin and we stop seeing our need for our saviour. And we just kind of drift into thinking, you know, yeah, all is well, I'm all good. And we stop growing as Christians. And so I think a better way to go is, is to sort of remember, you know, in this life, yes, I've been forgiven my sin once for all, be sure of that, that you are saved, but also know that we're going to struggle with sin the rest of our lives until we go to be with Jesus or Jesus comes back to us. And in that struggle, a healthy Christian is someone who knows that they are sick. Healthy Christians know they are sick. They know they have that sin in them they need to keep fighting against. Right, so it's, it's kind of a paradox, but I think as Christians we need to be like those, you know those people have the pill boxes with like every single day of the week sort of marked out and it's just full of pills. Um, and so every day they're having something. That's a good place to be as a Christian, spiritually speaking, uh, to know your sickness, uh, to know your need for Jesus. Right, we are healthy when we know our need, not just you know, for one day in the past when we repented of sin and were saved, but, but for every single day we need Jesus. So a healthy Christian is someone that sees their sickness, uh, but sees their saviour constantly, uh, knowing that he is one who will help them and they never stop coming to him for that help that they need. And doing that, we can be those people who, who don't just rejoice once in the forgiveness of sins, but, but daily we are those who rejoice in the forgiveness of sins. So if that is you, uh, if that is you today who has the forgiveness of sins, go home praising God for that. Uh, share that joy that you have in that today over morning tea even. Uh, it, is, it is a great place to be, uh, to know our sin, but to know our saviour, uh, to know our need for him. Uh, let's keep walking in that way as we trust him. And I'll pray for us now that we might do that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful um, that you uh, sent the Lord Jesus Christ uh, for sinners uh, to die for us and rise again so that we might be those uh, who can stand before you, uh, not just now but in eternity. Uh, Lord, we thank you for the forgiveness of sins. And Father, we pray that we would be those people who, who do not take that for granted uh, but continually realise our need for you, our need for your uh, healing power, uh, for your forgiveness, uh, for your mercy every day. And Father, I pray that we would be those uh, who walk in that, depending upon you uh, and coming to you always. And Father, we pray for those as well who do not know you. Uh, we pray, Father, that you would shine that light of your holiness upon them through your word, that uh, they might see their sin, uh, turn from it to be saved. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.